0: Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Just Kind of Curious. Um, I'm Ivan, your host, and today with us, we are Michael Chen, um who's, go- who's currently working at GovTech. And just as a reminder, you know, on the show, we talk about all things software engineering related, and we- so that you can find out a bit more about what working in tech is like. So, Michael, for our audience who might not be familiar with you, could you maybe share a little bit about yourself?
1: Hi, hello. My name is Michael. I'm a software engineer at GovTech. Um, So I've been in this industry for about 10 plus years. I started out as a PHP developer, uh, and uh, now I'm doing Ruby on Rails, and a bit of Go, and JavaScript by the side. Uh, I'm fully self-taught. I graduated from NUS. Uh, with Arts and... Uh, basically, I finish. I, I'm from NUS. I, uh, <laughs> I studied History and Political Science in the School of... School of the, uh, uh, in Arts and Social Sciences. And, uh, yeah, I basically picked up programming on my own. Um, and I basically... Everything I know is self-taught and I rely a lot... On, I still rely a lot on Google every day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've often heard a joke, actually, like, uh, software developers is just a very nice title for professional Googlers. <laughs>
1: yeah exactly. we are highly po- hi- yes we are <laughs> and stack overflowers yeah. back in the back in the day, I never had we don't have stack overflow, so we rely on the library and all that stuff mm. but, you know those things with uh, date trees books you know mm. those things
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so take me back a little like um, you told me you graduated from any n u s right you said um
1: before... uh, uh, okay, okay, I never actually graduated, so I was a bit hesitant to actually say that oh so okay, okay.
0: Just, uh, sure, sure, no problem. Uh, then,
1: so, but okay. anyway, yeah, <laughs> long story short i didn't get a good I didn't get good grades, and I didn't actually get a degree but uh um so yeah, but from then on, I was like, okay, uh, I don't have a degree, so what do I do next? uh I do need to get a job, um maybe I should start working as a software engineer. Mm-hmm. I started out as a web designer, so I started doing web web websites. This oh. is back in ninety this is, uh, you know, 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. so that's when I first started, my, my first company was actually my own business, I just started doing uh web design for other for other companies and stuff, and at the time, there was still a lot of companies looking to do their corporate websites and small websites and stuff like that, and I started just doing that, and then, uh, yeah, one thing led to another, I picked up programming, I picked up PHP, and I uh, started building dynamic websites, and just kept going and kept kept learning. I think my natural curiosity in, in, in figuring out how things work just kind of uh, lends to this whole whole journey of uh, of, of of being a software engineer. Because you're like, you want to figure out what how does this Google form get information to the to the Google servers. And back then it was Yahoo, right? So like, how does, like, does the login form work? How does it talk to a database? and What is this mysterious thing called a, called a database? You know, all that stuff. So yeah, this natural curiosity just led me down the yellow brick road. And this is, here is where I am. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but that must have been so challenging though. Like back then, because right now, like when I have a problem, like say, because I code it mostly in React. And like I'm like, oh, like how do you pass like a prop from Redux the Redux store to the front to the front end, right? That's like Stack Overflow is like ready made code for you to copy. How did you do it back then without like Stack Overflow?
1: Well, you read the I guess fortunately the the language I learned at the time was PHP. Mm-hmm. And the PHP website is actually quite Quite well documented, actually, is in the standard libraries and the functions that they use. So I was quite fortunate that uh, at, at least in the PHP site, if you've been there before, uh, the comment section is also quite helpful because people kind of like back in the day when there's no Stack Overflow, people just uh, ask questions there and then even show like snippets of code that they use that to kind of get around or get to use, get to work and get to function to work and all that stuff. So those are very helpful. As in that's what that's kind of got me got me to this whole open source community thing right it's like wow you as in the more you give the more information you give the more you get back so which is kind of like very cool
0: Mm. wow but that's that's insane though like the more I I visualize that the more like impressive that that really sounds at the end of the day so what were so what were some of the first few things you you built then like from scratch
1: wow uh... I mean if
0: you still remember because like for me like I remember my first project like very well and so So... I'm just curious like yeah
1: so the well web design. I think my first web design company was for a bridal studio. Oh. So I I was I was I was kind of like helping out with my friend's wedding, and he was like, "Hey, this is the studio owner, and then if they want a the website. That' okay." <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was a kind of like my first freelance work I ever did. So I did the did that website for them. I was using this brand new thing back then. It was called Flash.
0: Oh <laughs> shit! Oh, Adobe <laughs> Flash. Oh, yeah, I, was...
1: I know. That Back then, it was called Macromedia Flash. It wasn't even Adobe yet, so it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dang, that's a long time ago, man. <laughs> it is, it
1: is. That was in, I like, can't remember, was it 97, 98? I can't remember. It was a long time back. Right. Um, I, Actually, the first programming website I did uh, was actually for a, an NGO in Singapore. So I used this programming language called CoFusion. So they wanted like a news website, this is back in the day before like blogging was a big thing. So they wanted right, right. like, they didn't want, they didn't, they didn't know what a blog was, they just want a news website where they can kind of like publish things, kind of like straight times kind of style. So, okay, fine, let me come up with a like, content management system for you. At uh, mm-hmm. that time, I was like, still trying to figure out how to do like, um, how to actually do programming. And I was like, okay, let's just right. try and learn all these things. So I copy and pasted quite a lot. Um, at the time, I was learning from... I was working uh part time as a web designer for a uh web design studio, and basically uh-huh. I learned a lot from the 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 programmers there there were like three ladies who were working there as, as software engineers building the uh, some e commerce website so it was kinda of like looking at the code and see all oh, these, how is how you connect your databases how you like do your styles and style sheets and all that stuff uh-huh. so i picked, I learned a lot from them just by copy pasting their code and just reading <laughs> and you know Back in the day, just yes, how you kind of even right now we look at Stack Overflow, just to copy pasting.
0: Right? <laughs> I don't so, think it's changed much either, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, it hasn't changed much. So, I <laughs> saw so I copy and paste and kind of like you know tweak the code a bit. Okay, got it to work. Yeah, it was, I was quite proud of that site is like it was like, it, it was like a, a full-on CMS with user login and then you could publish hey. things, unpublish things. Uh, this is between 2000 two thousand, two thousand one, I think. That wow. was like yeah.
0: Wait, two thousand you implemented. Like CRUD functionality, and you had like a full on CMS with images, videos. Yeah. And you taught uh, yourself how to do that by reading documentation and copying. Uh, really?
1: Yes. Reading really <laughs> much shit.
0: Wow, that's mad, dude.
1: I know it's like yeah, there was uh, there was those those were the days when you live dangerously your your programming code and your HTML styles are in the same same file right they're like whoa
0: <laughs> <laughs> now you're like no no you got to mix it up I feel like it's just become so much more complex since then because I remember back then like when I was in uh, secondary school they tried to teach us HTML and CSS and yeah, we did yeah, that, yeah. Like, we like copy and paste the code and uh, it was always like one HTML file one CSS file one javascript yeah. file, and then you link it miraculously together with like a link yeah. to the top i know the boom magic happens and you're like oh shit
1: I, I know i i i hate to say it but there's actually this yeah. phenomenon uh, this phenomenon is actually uh coming from uh what i probably so there's a there's a term there's a term called the back of the front-end <laughs> The back endization okay, yeah. the front
0: okay, so
1: okay, that's quite yeah. a more, more Yeah, so basically back end developers decided they want to do front end work or maybe the back end work was getting dried up and they decided to do more front end work and because they want to do front end work, they brought along with them all their thinking and ideas and how about how you should structure your code properly and how you <laughs> should like organize your, your 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 files and your model view controllers and all that shit. Uh... Like the first time I ever encountered MVC framework on the front end was like Angular, Angular JS, and I was like, "What uh-huh. is this? Sh- what is this shit they're doing? I'm already <laughs> doing M, I'm already doing MVC on the back end. and then why am I doing MVC again? This is that like doubling my work? I still haven't quite figured it out, but but that but since then, uh, things has continued going down that route. So unfortunately, you know, that's how that's mm-hmm. where we are now.
0: <laughs> I mean I think to a certain extent like you, it's not just the back of the front end it's like it feels like they're trying to shift as many functions from the back end to the front end yeah. it's not just, in the function, not just in the structure but also like function like in like React router and like all, every like static, like, every like SSG static site like, generators nowadays they all have like some forms like routing it's inbuilt to it's the like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah 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 so it's like I mean, I, I can understand why where, that, where they're coming from, as in they really want more a, a snappy front end. They want a, a, a front end that responds quickly to user interactions and preload things and, and all that stuff. But, and, but you end up having like a five, six megabyte file that you need to download up front, right? Because yeah. of the single page app. And then you have, have to find a solution for that problem, which is like, what they call it, tree shaking or something like that.
0: Mm. <laughs> you, just, you just slowly. <laughs> and work slowly. On.
1: And work around all these problems with it, you know My so yeah,
0: <laughs> oh my God, dude, all these small problems coming up I swear. I know
1: i mean you you i i i think in the coding world we also we call this accidental complexity, yeah, so where you, where you start something really simple, then slowly you add on this requirement that requirement and you bolt on this thing and then end up mm. with we have a very we have a new problem. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> let's try and solve this new problem with another way of doing things and
0: then, ah. no. uh, I, I feel like to the extent like okay maybe it's just me as programmer or like some programmers it's like there's a task that takes 5 minutes but I'm gonna spend 10 hours to automate it yeah and then you end up introducing <laughs> all these like, strange things coming in and sometimes you don't even succeed. <laughs> you're just like, but well, this just became unnecessarily complex. <laughs> I,
1: just I know. Like, this I mean, I, that's what I tell, I tell my developers that, uh, you know, hey, you know, let's just get it to work 1st Just get, get to MVP yeah. uh, before you even think about optimizing it because you don't know what you're optimizing for until you actually get it to work. Mm. And like even repeated code, like you don't worry about b- repeating code. And because, um, I think it was Sandy Matt who said who said this that like, you rather have code duplication than the wrong layer of layer of abstraction. Because mm-hmm. when you abstract things in the wrong layer, you end up having. Uh, pre-optimizing things when like before it was really needed and you end up doing a lot of like you, like, you maybe organizing organizing your code in a way that only works for that particular use case. If you start mm-hmm. uh, having new use cases thrown in and you optimize too early and you like already organize your code in a certain way, it's very hard to decouple and mm-hmm. to change things up is a bit hard. So I think uh, with this whole I mean, a lot, a lot, especially a lot of new developers who who are coming in they'll hear things like oh let's try it out don't repeat yourself don't repeat yourself but the truth is it's okay to repeat yourself until mm. you figure out what you're actually trying, trying to do with this whole application right mm. so that's what refactoring is all about going back and cleaning up your code right figuring out where the things where the areas where you have actually made a mistake or even done too much repetition then maybe it's time to do refactoring right mm. if it's only one time don't worry about it just do keep Copying it for a while until you do it like three four times, you're like, okay, maybe it's time to refactor. Then so that's where you should take a step back and kind of like just go in and kind of like not because now you've got a better idea about how you're going to use the mm-hmm. application and how going, how the code will be organized and how people use the application. And then you can get get better idea of how to actually reorganizing it.
0: Definitely, definitely. I have, I have um I had a prof actually who was really like obsessed with this idea of like um clean code. So, like, uh, he used to call it, like, um, like, philosophy. like, he has this whole, like, philosophy about code. Like, you, you take away from it, and then you read. Like, you just keep, like, making it nicer and nicer. But I feel like implicitly within the idea is just, like, you need something to show. Like, at the end of the day, like, code is a tool, you know? Like, it has to do the job.
1: Yeah, And then on the, yeah. On, the, on,
0: the, on the back end, like, the tooling and how it works. Like, that's really only for software engineers, right? Like. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, if you really know how you... I guess... There's evolution of code. You want to see how it evolves from one original use case to the next. I think it's okay to be have a bit of mess at the beginning because that's kind of like where you got started. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. Out of curiosity, because like I noticed you have a lot of um, like you started a lot of small organizations, um, the PHP User Group, JuniorDev.io, and Engineers.sg, to sort of help like. Like individuals get better at coding. Because I mean, it's a very tough job at the end of the day. I have nothing for res- but respect for like the amount of effort you put in to make these groups like, come up. So i curious sure. if you could maybe like share about them. Because like they seem to have very overlapping like functionalities
1: sure i think back in 2008 when i was really getting into the software engineering thing i was like feeling very lonely as in you know because as a developer you just go to your workplace you do your work and you leave right so for me it was like there has to be something better, better more than this right and i was like oh i needed to find like-minded individuals who share my passion and idea in uh in in doing good code building and, and want to share the knowledge of like the best practices so, I, I created the PHP user group as a way of like finding these individuals, people who are like-minded like me, who who has this deep passion for, for like software engineering and building building good software, and um at the time the PHP of course I was doing PHP so that's yes, I, I naturally wanted to do a PHP a user group. And fortunately for me, I found a lot of like-minded. Really, did find a lot of uh, like-minded individuals who wanted to share the knowledge, and, and that that kind of got the community going, like I I was able to use that as a platform to really get to get the community together to, to find out uh, to other developers who and what they're doing in the industry, and then we share knowledge about what are the best practices, how best to do things, uh, in in the PHP world. Um, that's kind of like where I got started doing community work. Um, in like a few years back, I started the uh, Junior Developers Singapore as a way of like uh, uh, helping the junior de- junior developers who are coming into the into the industry to kind of like find their footing. I think there's a because there's a fair bit of like pro- there's a big pro- proliferation of like coding schools in Singapore and quite a lot of mm-hmm. them are like mid career switches. So I guess it, it, because of this. Big group here, right? As in, they, they are really new to the industry. This is like they for them. Many of them, this is the first software engineering or tech or tech job that they're working in. As in, they may not really know even know how to work with a software engineer, right? So I was thinking, yeah, you they, these people really need help. Uh, As be, me being like a kind of ambassador for the whole community, I really want to help them get into their to be get make make their journey easier. Getting coming to the industry and getting to know the people in the industry. I guess because I've since I've been uh, I've been, I've been here for so quite a while. I have known quite a lot of people. I know the industry is quite open and welcoming to to newcomers. So I really want to make them feel comfortable and and make them feel welcome. So that's why Julia developers was kind of like uh, to, uh, my latest passion project to kind of bring together uh, the you know all these things.
0: Mm. So what about then engineers.sg? Because it seems Eng- like at the end of the day, they sort of like mesh together. So I was just I, I mean, yeah, just, like I'm just curious about it. Yeah,
1: I guess whatever, whatever I do is about filling a gap. And think mm-hmm. at the time when I started engineers SG it was like um I, I got riled up by a panel. I was in a panel discussion and uh. Mm-hmm. I was attending a panel discussion and there was this uh, panelist on it uh, who was supposedly an industry leader. And uh, the person was saying, that, oh, you know, I, where are the engineers? I can't find the engineers. I can't hire engineers. Like, for me, it was like, what do you mean where are the engineers? I mean, I'm surrounded by good engineers. It's a, maybe it's a question of you not be, being able to hire them or not being able to find them. But then it got me thinking that maybe the question, the problem, is really a marketing problem. As in, I've seen so many user groups around me. I so see so many good engineers who like who have good ideas and and things like that. I was like, maybe it's a marketing problem. We don't know. We don't know how to share about our presence. We don't let let people know about our presence in Singapore. So I was like, well, how do we how do we make it uh, better? And one way was I felt was to have uh, a. a because I I could do videos, I could do uh, audio systems, so I was like, okay, maybe I should just start start filming the meetups that I that I am attending, right? Video those meetups, put them online, and then let people more people know about the uh, the meetups and the, the awesome content that is uh, that are present are there in the community. So I think uh, so I I created it as a not-for-profit community initiative to kind of like bring together uh, the content to go to meetups to record the meetups and even to share on, on youtube blah. yeah so that became a, apparently became quite popular as a resource for people who are who are like doing research on the tech community in singapore and people who are uh, reading up about um, various things like javascript or whatever they can use they find a lot of our videos online um Oh, they, I also cover conferences as a way of like also archiving and documenting the the local tech scene um, and I for, for me a most a really interesting experience was uh, I recorded a conference and the next day uh, I, when I was in office one of my colleagues was actually watching one of the videos that I recorded oh. because he was he was doing uh, he was trying to catch up on, on a particular topic it was this I believe it was PyTest, uh, testing framework in Python. Okay. Uh-huh. I just and I covered. I just covered that uh, at a PyCon conference, uh, PyCon Singapore conference, and then uh, basically I put the video up online. And my colleague was actually watching the video that we recorded for that conference. So for for me, that was a proof of uh, you know that the the content that we created was kind of like useful, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I also wanted the content to be a way to lead people and guide them to the different local tech communities, yeah
0: no so, nah, I mean I was just I was just saying like like so so after you've done like all these things I'm just curious because for me like in my school currently at Yon U.S. like I'm trying to start a, a community too, right to get sure. people interested in in building tech because at Yon U.S. it's like a lot of us are, I think like are, are good enough at tech like on a theoretical level mm-hmm. but there isn't like a strong group of us yet I think that you know actively like build projects together and like mix things mix like just you know at the end of it, you just want to make cool things right you just think you wanna build like I don't know, just for fun of it. So yeah. like how did, how did you start like your communities from the ground up and how did you keep it sustaining? Like for example, like PHP user group. What does it take to keep like um like a strong community of people uh, engaged? Wow. Yeah.
1: I think <laughs> I think I covered this in one of my from my previous talks before. Oh. There, <laughs> any any meetup groups in Singapore, there you need a couple of things. Number one, you need food. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you need you a uh, a nice venue, and you need uh good speakers. These are the three things you need. Um, mm-hmm. to to so basically, you you want to have a nice venue where you can get people, you can gather and come together. So a physical space where people will come together will be just will be good. But I guess right now with COVID nineteen, it's a bit hard for us to basically be meeting in person but i guess what you could do i mean the online space will also be helpful like zoom or whatever. um and food i mean if you have great food you probably will have more people who will definitely come for that uh, again uh, i think in the context of physical meetup, it will be very helpful because they will help people people come uh and and jog, uh, come without that fe- that worry that about their stomach because I mean, in the past when uh, we organized meetups is usually after office hours and people who come for the meetup are usually hungry. So mm-hmm. we don't want them to feel hungry, uh, physically hungry. We want them to come hungry for knowledge but, and not hungry for food. <laughs> 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 so, um, And of course, good speakers is about figuring out uh, uh, your network of people who have great content to share. I guess once you get that content, together then is very uh, I think for me I rely a lot on, on personal relationships, finding people or even challenging people who I find who has good content but maybe uh, doesn't know how to communicate that or even know or even have that um, thought about sharing it in public uh, mm-hmm. situation. So uh, for me, it's about challenging them. Hey, you know, that's fine. And uh, for at least in the past when I was looking for speakers for Juno Dev SG, I usually, when I see somebody new to my meetup, I'll ask them, hey, what are you, what are you good at? What could you talk about? What would you like to talk about? And, and I, I just challenge them, especially if I know that they, are, they have this particular interest in a the, in the particular tech, tech stack or particular area of technology. And i like, hey, you know, you, since you're good at that, you've done it before, why don't you just... Maybe share share about it in like fifteen minutes kind of a show and tell kind of thing It doesn't need to be like a full on technical talk I mean the thing about Dev is that we want it to be um uh newbie friendly so as in the content itself it isn't very isn't doesn't need to be very high tech very very deep tech but just as long as it's enough to give people a taste of mm-hmm. what the technology is about as a primer of sorts I think it's good enough um to to uh, i think it's good enough and people would definitely want to who are who wants to go deeper into it can definitely go and read up more and, and find out more but it's that 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 you have to be there to start to 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 start the spark to spark off the knowledge uh search right so it's about um i think it's about reading people understanding people and then uh, asking them questions about you know what are you good at what have you talked about what have you done in the past? Like one of the speakers I uh, that I engaged in the past, I looked at her her previous GitHub projects. And I was like, I, will, I will say, hey, this particular project you did that is interesting. it is an area of expertise? It's an area you are quite good in? So why don't you give a talk about that? And she was very ha- happy to do it because that was an area that she was really, uh, really. Knowledgeable, like she was originally very shy. But once mm-hmm. I told her, I, I suggested to her like areas that she could probably focus on, or talks, uh, topics that she could focus on. She she just lit up. But like, hey, that's that's really an area that you can, uh, speak mm-hmm. about. And yeah, you know, so that's something that I think has helped in many communities. As in, a lot of the different tech meetups in Singapore, they are always on the lookout for good speakers. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it doesn't need to be very very technical or does it just need to be enough to give you a taste, a primer of the technology. Yeah.
0: So when it comes to I guess like um junior dev dot sg, how is your understanding of of what a junior dev needs to know changed as you run this because 'Cause you've been running for quite a while and I was just I was just curious like if the sort of things that you prioritize, sort of things that you've tried to give as content to these to this this pool of junior devs has changed as you learn more about them.
1: Sure. I think the guideline I give would be to how can I equip you to communicate upwards and laterally. As a junior dev coming to 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 my meetups, I want to equip you with knowledge. The knowledge would that will help you communicate up, upwards to your superiors to so tell them about hey, this, do you know about this technical technology stack like Kubernetes or Docker? Have you actually used that before? And even to also communicate horizontally to their peers and tell them, hey, have you heard about um, this React hooks? You know, it's pretty cool that we have a talk about that, and, and or even uh, this Vue.js JS uh, workshop that we have right now. You could come attend that with me, and we'll basically can use that and in the next like, like project you site project you work on, you know, stuff like that. So basically, that's the kind of thing we want to we want to cover in our meetups. So at least they will equip you with knowledge that you can help you to um, communicate uh, with your peers around you and also with your superiors but that's quite interesting though. like uh, the... because I think I think a lot of the junior, I, just, I think the problem I see is a lot of junior devs uh, who who come uh, at least the ones I've seen so far they are doing the their uh, they the, the they are new to the industry. At the same time, they are they also because of that they suffer a bit from that imposter syndrome that they don't know what they don't know, or they they are just not sure about the whether they what they know is really good enough or impressive enough for other people. Right. So it's about equipping them with knowledge that it will then help them overcome some of those anxieties. Um, at the same time, it also help them in uh, level up. To the next level, so that they can cross that chasm. I see this, you know. That in Singapore, we have we find out there's a lot of, there's a big pool of you know, junior developers. There's also quite a, quite a pool of senior developers, but in the middle, there's this chasm. There's this like chasm for like um, in, there's just not enough middle mid 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 level developers. Like, how do you help? The junior developers cross that chasm into the next level to become a mid-level or even a senior, a senior developer. So I think everyone who comes to my uh, the, the junior dev meetups, my aspiration for them is to to eventually drop the junior title in their the word junior from their title. It's like you know, so will, if if we can help at least one person do that, I think we have, we have achieved our goal.
0: So, walk me through the the transition of dropping that junior title to the senior t- to the senior dev, because right? especially when it comes to that chasm that you just mentioned, what is the difference between, like, like I guess, a junior dev and a senior dev, and how do you transition from one to another, and what causes that chasm most of the time?
1: So, as a junior developer coming into industry, you probably, uh, you you will probably Learning about programming languages for the first time, frameworks and whatnot, you know. And for you, I would say there's a very it's a, it's a very mechanical skill. As in, I'm just executing JavaScript. I'm I'm writing JavaScript that works. I'm writing mm-hmm. I'm writing code that actually can de- be deployed. You know, um, it's very mechanical. Follow follow just follow the rule. Follow the rules of doing things, right? Let's follow, and you can build something well and build something that can be used by other people, um, or even be even deliver stories in your in your company, right? Features you deliver features for your company. Um, so, as a junior developer, your your job is just get it to work, mm-hmm. and their focus is on that. Um, for someone who is a bit more senior is It becomes because of have with some experience in different types of framework and languages you also uh, understand a bit more about the pitfalls and what are the things that could uh that are, are why why one way of doing things is better than the other way of doing things and so I think as a mid or senior uh, engineer you'll be able to you have a bit more wisdom to to actually pick the right tool and to pick the right techniques to and even um recommend uh to 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 people around you and even to your stakeholders like what are the tools you should pick, and based on the situation, why you should pick those tools rather than this tool like say why would you want to use a w s versus DigitalOcean uh, digital ocean right for example. Mm-hmm why would you do that? And then maybe as a junior developer, I'll just use whatever is free, right? But as a mm-hmm. as you become more mature and, and more experienced, you probably can figure out like, oh, for this particular type of application we're building, maybe you you need some, some serverless technology which maybe uh, would is not available in, in, in one particular cloud provider. You really want it in this other cloud provider, right? For example, mm-hmm. it could be something with someone who is a bit more experienced would be able to recommend
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh-huh, I think if we become more senior Then it's about mentorship mentoring others and even guiding others to towards those goals right so that's probably where the um uh, that progression would be from like just knowing following the rules uh that will be there as a junior developer um getting to a point where you can guide the ru uh, figure out what what rules to follow. That would be when you become more more experienced at intermediate level. And as a senior developer, you can even write the rules, right? So you can you can basically uh, make up the rules as you go along, right? Make up new rules and even guide your your, your peers in 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 following those new guidelines and ways of doing things. Um, so I guess that's pretty much the transition. Why would people drop off from from the first part and not go to the intermediate level? It would probably be the they may find it a bit hard they may find the working and building software is very difficult it's not an easy job as in this in this it may it may, it may also be that you don't get enough encourage encouragement from your from your seniors and from and even not you may not even get enough mentorship from like your, your you may not be able to deliver a, a feature because you just don't have the experience to build it and you may not have enough support to actually make it work. Sometimes you don't don't you, if you don't have the support and you don't have the mentorship you, you you're just being set up to fail right so um and that's something we don't want to happen and and that's why Jun is kind of here to help create that support group, not just mm-hmm. people in your company that you uh, sometimes there's some startups that you join that you just don't have the capacity to mentor um mm-hmm. and as in, there's only one senior to like fifteen junior developers. How would you how do you expect <laughs> one guy to mentor all fifteen? You can't, mm-hmm. right? So really want uh, so I want junior dev to be like a, a which is why uh, one of the initiatives I've started in junior dev was to do a mentoring program. So we have a mentoring program where we'll bring uh, junior developers and pair them up with senior developers, and that would through this I uh, hope to give them like career guidance and some coaching. On like how best to you know have navigate this uh career path, right, so it is something that we that we one of the things that we're trying to do like, yeah,
0: so when it comes to I guess like mentorship, it feels like it's a two way street, so I guess on my part, as a junior deaf, like what sort of questions should i should I be asking? what sort of things should I be keeping in mind to make the best use of it 'cause it's sometimes it's not even a mentor's fault right, it's just that like I'm not asking the right questions, so how should I optimize my if someone wants to mentor me, how can I best like help them help me? If that makes sense,
1: uh, I think it's about asking them what. Okay, so this is the advice I gave a uh, junior dev before, right? If because I, I have there was once ju, once during one of the junior dev meetups, uh, one of the junior dev asked me how how do how can he engage his seniors in the company? So I gave him a couple of tips. One of them is to just uh, help their seniors manage their time so in a, in a way seniors are, senior developers in the team are usually quite quite busy so you want to help them optimize their time by uh, dis- managing uh, their disruptions right so what you want to do is you want to do your own research first uh, about the problem you're facing and once you and you time box yourself to so, so just spend maybe a certain amount, number of time amount of time on that problem and you gather your notes to show that you've done research. And then you organize the whiskey ones you uh and you and then you basically check in with the develop with the city developer like when it's a good time to have a one on one with that person to ask him about this thing right so make sure you let the person know about oh uh, you that you need help and then the person can then say when they when they're available uh to for to help you like. Uh. All right. so once that happens then you can then engage them and talk to them actively during that particular uh, session so as a senior developer as uh, a mentoring I think it's about figuring out what you don't what you figuring out to, uh, for yourself first the problems that you're facing and once you uh, really hit a hit a, hit a um, brick wall then, or even when you get to a point where you really don't know how else to go, how to go forward then you should I'll talk to you bring that to your mentor and ask them what's the next step um like recently i did a uh some months ago i did this uh one one on one with uh with uh, with many random junior developers who who, who are looking for one on one Um so basically i gave a lot of i gave a lot of like um mentoring tips to a lot of the people that i spoke to um like for, for one of the developers i spoke to he was like um, he, he has been doing finance development work for a while, but he wants to get into back-end development work. But he's just not sure what else to go for. Uh, what, else, what, what is... Of what the roadmap looks like for him, so I gave him I gave him a whole list of like a laundry list of like things that he could he could pick up for to do. for the backend, he could either go down the DevOps route to learn more about the infrastructure that the, the your code is deployed on, or you go deeper into like uh how to deploy code, uh how do you write code that is performance, how do you write code that uses different uh different uh, design patterns, and even test driven development and a few other things so like give him a laundry list of things they could learn and then he basically have a good good sense of the road ahead of, right so um, yeah so that will be one example that I could quote
0: mm, so when it comes to so I guess if you summarise that up it would be to scope out your questions very well in a sense like gathering your notes so that you know exactly what questions you are giving context to it time boxing yourself to a specific period of time so that everything can be answered within the period and also at the same time ask for roadmaps if you're struggling okay. with something
1: yes yes i think but that's about it
0: mm. so i guess if, right. yeah. if, if if with all this in mind um if you had to train up a, a junior dev to take on a senior dev position in three months like how would you schedule that i mean it's oh, a very <laughs> hypothetical it's a very intense uh, requirement no doubt but i was just curious like if hypothetically you had to do that right you couldn't <laughs> hire anyone else. You just only have this guy. And if he's not a senior dev, like, it's hey, just kaput. Right? It's <laughs> over. La. How would you train a, a junior dev in three months? What would you make him do and what would you make him read? More, yeah?
1: Uh, i would make him write a lot of code. <laughs> yeah, there's no other way to get over this other than to fail in small things. As in, I guess I'll get him to write a lot of small pieces of code and and small projects and i'll just critique and sit with him and let's critique the way he was doing it why is this way better why is this way not so good um and i'll even show you examples like how you actually build this when you need to scale to this level or something like that i think um, i'll just even show him uh, just build this feature uh, show me how that how you how you would do it i would ask him, like, how, how would you build this piece in, in on, on, on paper first? Mm-hmm. Then we'll have a discussion about what, what are the pros and cons. And then we'll, try, we'll go ahead and build it. And then once we finish building it, we'll then have, we'll, 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 I'll do a code review, and then I'll go through with the person, like, what are the things that uh, they, they did very well on, what are the things that they didn't do so well on, and how they can improve. La. And sometimes it's also... I guess we're going through this. Also, you have to be. I for me as a person, uh, who's mentoring someone, also have to be mindful about what are the things that are a fact is good or bad, or what are the things that are just a matter of opinion. Mm. Like I, I have an opinion. I have an opinion, which is uh, my opinion is I prefer spaces over tabs. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, and then, uh, if. Uh, I can't fault him if that person prefers tabs. For example, this is very specific, right? But it's uh, I guess it's a bit contrived, but it's, it's really pretty much um, a good example. Of what is uh, what are what is objectively good, and what is just an opinion, right? So, mm, um, so yeah. So once I've gone through these exercises, it's about giving giving throwing a person into deep end to actually build things for the company. Uh, and and see how that person uh survives or or not uh. but of course kind of continuously guide the person with uh regular check-ins uh one on ones retrospectives kind of like get a sense of what how he's doing and also build a network of around him of people who could be who could be, who help support him i guess like for example having like in my company right now, where I am, I have a I have a delivery manager who helps me a lot with all the paperwork that I need to do. So that frees me up from the paperwork to actually do the actual coding and even do the architecture design and even work with the developers to actually get things done. Right. So um, that's that's also so, also important having a support team around you.
0: Mm, definitely. Definitely. Well that's quite interesting though, like um, at the end of the day, it's, like, I think it, it's it's very different from how I envisioned the junior dev to senior dev transition, because originally like, my intuition was that there would be some, I don't know, I just, I just, it's like, it feels a lot simpler than I thought it would be, but also at the same time a lot more profound. I'm not sure that's the right way to think about it.
1: I guess it's also depends on the type of work you're doing, I mean... I think the the way I described to you is probably for a mobile developer or front end de- of front end or like just a basic application software developer, which is still fine. But if it's a bit more specific, like say a data science or mm. data engineer, then it's a little bit more than just mechanical and mechanical work, right? It's also a bit. There's also a fair bit of like. Um, uh, mm. Academic uh, knowledge involved there, you mm. know. So, and to be honest, any application you work on in the future is going to be very different. I mean, each application will differ from each from the next one. So, in a way that, it uh, the, how users will use a an Uber app, or would uh, would will, will, will be very different from how you use a Carousel app, for example, mm. right? So, be between Grab and Carousel, like what would you optimize for? Carousel, you don't really care about matching people. You just make sure that the people can communicate and discover things. So you optimize for discoverability. Mm. Um, whereas for a Grab app, you're looking for transportation. You're, using, you're trying to get a Grab car. What you want to optimize for is matching. Matching you with the nearest car that's next to, that's closer to you, right? Right. So, each, each application has a very different profile, as in what you and how you optimize them and how you how you build them up, is very very different. So, um, yeah. So you, you can't you can't really say one size fits all, but and the car engineer that would uh would come out of one company may be probably be very different from one who works on a different company, but they are skills. They are transferable. But I think as a, as you as you become more mature and more experienced, you tend to learn about the different ways of doing things and you learn about how you should write your code in a way to optimize a certain way. Sometimes we just make a lot of mistakes along the way. I made a lot of mistakes in the past as well hmm. about how to write code. Like, for example, in a the, in the previous uh, company I worked in, uh, I actually wrote so it's a it's a social network. So I wrote the password reset uh, mechanism for for the for the website, mm-hmm. but I wrote it in such a way that it was like oh it was in the past it was password reset through phone number, but now we want to do password reset through email. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems very simple. I just f- figure out where's the email user email field and kind of like search for that, right? Yeah. But at scale things can break very badly. Like I as it turns out when we when they switch on that feature. Uh, they didn't have an index, a database index on the email address field. And turns out every time people was doing a search for their email address, it was doing a full table scan for like a few million records in a database.
0: Oh, shit.
1: <laughs> so imagine yeah. multiplying that by like 50 or 60 people, or even 100 people trying to reset their password using an email address. Yeah, we got, a, we got a... I got a call from the. Basically, we we're all, we were also on. Was that on call that day? I can't remember. We all we had. We some of us were on, on production support calls, and I think my the guy on production support that day was like, oh, "Yeah, we just did a deployment in the morning, and things are breaking already." <laughs> yeah, always the
0: small things, man. Always the small things. Like,
1: yeah, it's always the small things, <laughs> right? but you learn, but you learn. It's like some mm. of these. Mistakes you make just uh, just get seared in your memory that these are things that you should not do in the future.
0: <laughs> mm, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But thank
1: that's how, that's, that's how you grow, right? That's how you grow. Mm.
0: I mean you always go by making mistakes, I feel, as a software developer. Like yeah. you just keep you keep building and you keep developing that intuition for what's right and what's wrong. I know.
1: I, guess. I think mm. what we as a software engineer, I think the benefit is we can make mistakes and it probably won't cost any lives <laughs> yeah that's true
0: <laughs> that is a nice way to put it. <laughs> it it might cost a lot of money but at least no one's going to die but it's not wrong too <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so we're
1: we're in we're in the position they can afford to do that right so it's still okay but you know yeah, yeah. Mm. so cherish it cherish it
0: <laughs> definitely Definitely. you know what they always say move fast and break things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, at the end of the day (laughs) well thank you so much for today though Michael really appreciate it Um, like I think I learned a lot from what you shared especially like when it came to the junior death to senior dev transition I thought that was a very nice way of encapsulating like the the whole life cycle at least like of how software developer develops throughout his career
1: Uh, I guess Uh, if if you want to learn more about that you can also read up about skills metrics there's also quite a lot of like uh, literature out there about uh, skills matrix or, com- or competency metrics that talks about what it takes, what are the skills that you want, you need to have to be at the junior level, the intermediate level to a senior level. So there's a, quite a few of this literature out there you can read up on.
0: Definitely, definitely. We'll check that out. And if any of our listeners would like to reach out to you to find out more, how can they do so?
1: Uh, I'm on Twitter. Um, you can find me at Kung Fu, C-O-D-E-R-K-U-N-G-F-U
0: oh, so Fu.
1: yeah and I'm also on Instagram with that handle so you can find me on both yeah okay cool thank you so much Michael have a great day no problem thank you
0: hey guys thank you so much for tuning in to Just Kind of Curious if you like the podcast please 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 leave a review and it'll really help me get the word out there for what I'm trying to do until then we'll see you in the next episode peace out we